Hello, everybody, and welcome. This is Troy Rafferty, The People's Voice, and I want to welcome you to The People's Voice uh, podcast and videos that we are going to be putting out. The purpose of The People's Voice is to try and give people a voice who otherwise may not have one or may have a voice, but it's just not being heard. And so we want to give that opportunity to everybody. And so I want to hear from everybody about ideas that you have um, and, 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 and things that you want to talk about that maybe are falling on deaf ears, especially with authority. You have to talk, you have to talk truth to power. That's, that's just one of those things. And that's what we're going to try and do here uh, with the people's voice. We're going to try and talk truth to power. So we're going to do that today. I am lucky enough to have Pastor Marcel Davis as a guest on the show today. Uh, welcome, Marcel. I appreciate you. you being here, sir. Glad to be here. And we're going to talk today about Black History Month, okay? We're going to talk about because it, it starts tomorrow, February 1st, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it goes all through February. And I want to talk a little bit about that and some of the some of the things that are happening in our country and in our state right now that um, you know that we need to address mm-hmm. that are important. Um, and so, first of all, let me just ask you this, Pastor: What so what is Black History Month? Black History Month is the an annual celebration of the achievements by African Americans and a time to recognize their central role in the United States history. Black History Month grew out of the Negro History Week, also known as the African History Month, which began in 1926 as the brainchild of historian Carter G. Woodson and other prominent African Americans. In 1976, the Bicentennial of the United States, Gerald Ford, expanded the week into a full month. He said the country needs to seize the opportunity to honor the too often elected accomplishments of black Americans and in every area or endeavor throughout history since 1976, every U.S. president has officially designated the month of February as Black History Month. So do you see this, do you see this month as a celebration? I see this month as a celebration, but I also see this month as a time to look at some issues that are going on in the country and where we were pioneers. We're still a time to be pioneers in this country to even resist some things that's trying to hinder this history from going forth. So what does it mean to you? Obviously, a black man in the United States, you run Adoration for a New Beginning Church. Um, You know, tell me what it means to you to have Black History Month. What it means to me, it's a time to reflect on the accomplishments. It's a time to reflect on the endeavors that African Americans had to make. And it's also a time to encourage our youth to still make history and not to let their history be taken and put up in a shadow box any longer. Uh, to express themselves, to be a proud to be a proud people from where they came from. Uh, even do not let people tell you that that the slavery movement that happened in the United States that we don't need to talk about anymore. Let's talk about how the slavery movement in the United States brought wealth to the South, to the, to the slave owners. And they would not have gotten to that place if it had not been for those endeavors. That's still a history, uh, not to be ashamed of, but to move forward to say out of picking cottons now, we've been able to sit in the White House. But shouldn't we be ashamed? We, shouldn't we, we be ashamed of, of what we did? Well, well, shouldn't we be ashamed of, of, of the history of slavery in the United States? And, and I don't mean, uh, and, and maybe this is coming across wrong but 
we should not only be ashamed of it because mm-hmm. it was wrong. Mm-hmm. It was an atrocity. Mm-hmm. And but we, if we stop talking about it, if we stop learning from it, we're never going to improve. The system's not going to. The system's not going to continue to improve. So mm-hmm. shouldn't we be? Okay. So let me answer that question this way: From as a people, uh, as a black people, we should say this is what we went through. Okay, but it's still a history that we should learn. We are ashamed of the past of the sins of the Americans and how America was established. We are ashamed of that, but we should use that as a stepping stone to not hide that history where now it seems like governors, it seems like legislators are trying to hide that particular history because of the shame behind it. But as a people, we need to stand forth and say, listen, this is a very sinful part of America. It's a very ugly stain on America. The bloods are on on America's hand. But as a people, let's move forward to still talk about this so that it would not happen again. Because there's some lessons to be learned if we don't talk about the history, then the history will repeat itself. Yeah, and and so when we're talking about when we're talking about that type of issue, you have to keep the conversation going. Right. You have to. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, then it then quite frankly, it's going to be we take one step forward and two steps back. Mm-hmm. That's that that is what's going to happen if we don't do that. And let's let's get to the let's get to something that's kind of ironic. Okay. And that is right now, Governor DeSantis has banned the teaching of Black history. Right. So let's let's talk about that. Okay, let's talk about so so I think that it's a need within the within I can't just say the black community but all communities to stand against that. Why? Because there's a history that needs to be taught. Out of 100 points in the uh, advanced placement African American history book, there's six points that he personally don't like. As a history, we should review that as like when you have one person who serves as a dictator to say that he doesn't like something that could really help to edify uh, African-Americans as well as all Americans, that there should be a resistance against that. But isn't that isn't that a first of all, let's just say it's not right. It's not it's not right to ban that. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. it's a part of our history. It Mm -hmm. is history. Right. And it is factual. Right. And these things happened. And we need to teach our kids that. But also, there's a First Amendment issue here, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, who is he to say, well, are we going to get back to a system where we're burning books? Mm. Or just, oh, you don't like this book? Oh, because it deals with homosexuality mm-hmm. or transgender mm-hmm. or black or um, uh, American Indian mm-hmm. or Asian, whatever. Right. I mean, isn't there a First Amendment issue that's at play here as well? As it just not being listen, what the governor's doing is just not right. Right. And right. I'm shocked at it. Right. And especially that he's made this announcement right before Black History Month starts. Right. And see, and like one of the issues that he has with the the AP book is he's a homophobe, meaning that he doesn't like that there's one chapter in there about the queer. So in that, we have to realize that— Now, what do you say? Why, why do you say that? Why do I say tell, that? Because, tell me, because that's a, that's, a, that's a, you know— Right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you. The reason why—one of the greatest movements has been called is the March on Washington, where Dr. King delivered the I Have a Dream speech. Absolutely. It's iconic. Okay? Right. The guy who helped to engineer and structure that whole march, he was an open homosexual, Okay. 
That's a part of our African-American history. This guy structured and engineered the March on Washington. And I bet 95% of the people out there, even that know about Mm -hmm. that iconic event and that iconic you know, speech. Right. Didn't know that. Right. And so the deal is you can't just segregate a group to say, well, we can't learn about their history. We can't learn about this history. So it's, it's, it's imperative for us to have some type of resistance with the governor to try to ban a book that's just going to enlighten people. And so there's other issues that he just has a problem with. But out of 100 issues, he's got six issues that he have a problem with, and he has decided to ban the book. And I hope that we look back at our history and see where when people started to bring about resistance, let's talk about George Wallace when he stood in the doors of the schools and said segregation now, segregation forever. You know, people's just like, hmm. But then somebody stood up and said, you know what? We've got to have a resistance against that. And this Black History Month is all about the good resistance that we have to stand and we have to achieve those goals by not allowing one person and their ideology to stop history from being taught. So you're saying when you say resistance, you're talking about good trouble. I'm talking about good, good trouble. trouble. I'm talking about <laughs> good trouble. I'm talking about you, you just can't, you know, it's like like today your show that you're talking about in your podcast is the fact that history needs to be taught. And the shame of our history is okay to be taught so that we can learn from it and not let it repeat itself again. Uh, I can't remember, but you might can help me out. The Holocaust survivor mm-hmm. that says that Ellie we— Ellie Wiesel. Okay. It's the, who said that if we, if we keep putting our history and hiding our history, it will repeat itself. This governor seems like Governor George Wallace— where he's trying to stop us from learning about our history or even the advancement of colored people. And so with that, you know, we really have to look at some aspects there to say, no, we're, gonna, we're not going to allow this guy to take our First Amendment rights, number one, or allow some guy to say because he doesn't like the points that it can't be taught any longer. Yeah, I mean, who, who is any one person right. to, to decide what can be taught? <clears throat> Right. And what can't be taught in our schools, right? And, and so it's it's, ins- it's insanity, right? And and, and, I, and it's it's like the, the the inmates have taken over the asylum. All of a sudden, we make these pro- we make some progress. And mm-hmm. I got to tell you, and, and for all the listeners out there, mm-hmm. um, Pastor Davis was there as well. But at the Martin Luther King Living the Dream banquet that we had earlier, right? Earlier uh, uh, a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. we had. Historic icons, Mm -hmm. H.K. Matthews, Reverend H.K. Matthews, who Mm -hmm. marched with Martin Luther King, was put in jail for peacefully protesting. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we had Elizabeth Eckford, who was part of the the Little Rock Nine, Mm -hmm. who literally, when she had to have the courage as a 15-year-old girl to try and walk into a school being Mm -hmm. berated and yelled at by white people. Right. So... You know, the, the, all of these events, all of the, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the discrimination, racism, mm-hmm. everything, wasn't that long ago in our country's history. Right. That's what I think people need to be reminded of. Mm-hmm. This wasn't that long ago. Right. And, and so, you know, and if we're going to try and make progress, mm-hmm. we can't take two steps back by then right. saying, oh, you can't learn about it. Right. I don't like the fact mm-hmm. that, that this is being taught to certain, mm-hmm. to, to certain people, uh, to certain students. And because that is a step back, right. that is two steps back, mm-hmm. and we're trying to constantly battle that right. to try and push for diversity, equality, inclusion, mm-hmm. and stop looking at people as mm-hmm. black or white mm-hmm. or Asian or Mexican or anything else. Mm-hmm. Instead, just you know, be people. Right. And 
this is a way to quiet that mm-hmm. movement, that right. progress. That's the way I see it. Mm-hmm. I see this as a move two steps back with and, and, and taking and, and trying to avoid progression right. of equality, diversion, uh, and mm-hmm. inclusion. So, so Troy, let's talk about that. That's a very good point. The two people that you brought up, two icons, their resistance was peaceful. Mm-hmm. Okay. They the law was written, so what they did was they said, well, let's go and fulfill the law. And that's what I'm trying to encourage people this month, to fulfill that law. Uh, Reverend H.K. Matthews, whose birthday is coming up soon, he made it where the kids could skate at the skating rink, something that people would think was so easy and it could not have happened. But in our history right here in Pensacola, you could not skate at the skating rink if you was black. So the deal is the, the, the silent resistance of being a peaceful protest helped to change that. But now it seems like people have taken the protest as it's just going to be a riot, it's just going to be just out of control, but it's not. You're just going to say the law has been written, so now we want you to fulfill what has been written. And I like Dr. King's quote, we hold these truths to be self-evidence that all men are created equal. So when you talk about the, the hues of our skin, but we're all God's children and we should be tre- we should be treated equally. And so we can't sit back, no matter who you are, you can't sit back and allow people to say you don't have your First Amendment rights anymore. We can't sit back and hear people say, well, we're not going to teach this part of history. We have to understand that even in our shamefulness, we can learn from that history. And we have to. We have to. We have to. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, we're going to sink back into this abyss. Right. And we're not going to be able to climb out of it. Right. And so just because people are different from other mm-hmm. people, mm-hmm. just because I'm white, just because I'm short mm-hmm. <laughs> or I'm bald right. or anything else doesn't mm-hmm. make me – that doesn't define who I am. Right. Okay? Mm-hmm. Just because you're black and you've got a lot of gray in your beard, by right. the way. Yeah, well, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but just because you're black, uh-huh. you know, doesn't mean – you know, we we have to embrace differences. We have to. We have to embrace them and not try to quiet them or, sh- you know, uh-huh. sweep them under a rug or th- and, and things like that. You mm-hmm. know, it's talking about how recent this has been. I want to bring up another topic real quick. Okay. And that is, um, you and I have had conversations about this, and I had the privilege of going to the Dozier School. Okay. Um, over in Mariana, we live in North Florida. Your church is based out of Pensacola in mm-hmm. North Florida. And, you know, it's, it's amazing to me that it, right here, just down the road, at mm-hmm. Mar- in Mariana, Florida, mm-hmm. there was a school, the, the Dozier, uh, 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 Dozier School for Boys. Mm-hmm. It was a reform, supposedly a reform school. Right. But it was basically they would snatch kids off the, off the uh, 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 street for truancy, mm-hmm. for skipping school, smoking a cigarette, being quote-unquote unruly. But there were two campuses. The reason I bring this up and how mm-hmm. it's re- relative to Black History Month is one of the things that was striking to me when I walked around and I was talking to the victims mm-hmm. and interviewing the victims, uh, crying with the victims mm-hmm. um, as to what, what happened to them there, mm-hmm. is it was, there was a black campus and a white campus on that, on that Dozier school. And black kids were not allowed to talk to white kids. And if they did... They got taken to what was called the White House and beaten to within an inch of their life. Mm-hmm. Now, understand, that is for a black kid talking to a white kid. Mm. Not, not fighting, mm-hmm. not arguing, but talking to them. Mm. And this wasn't that long ago. No. 
This was this was in the 1950s, 60s, 70s. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is not that long ago where p- kids were being beaten for talking to a white kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Right. And are, are are we going to allow that to slip back? Are we going to because we're going to ban things? You know, nobody wants to learn about what happened mm-hmm. at the Dozier School, right. about how those kids were ripped out of their beds and taken to the White House and raped and mm-hmm. beaten and abused mm-hmm. and forced to work out in the fields and work mm-hmm. in the textile uh, mills. Nobody wants to hear about it, but we have to. We have to. Mm-hmm. We have to. Otherwise, we're going to go back into that abyss. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and, and so, so what can we do this month? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know— what can we do to try and bring light to this 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 topic and this subject mm-hmm. of Black History Month? Well, you know, Troy, that's that's very good, and I want to thank you all and your firm for taking on this effort to make a difference and to try to bring some type of solace and peace to the victims of the Dozier Boys School. Back in the day when I was a kid, it was known, if you keep acting up, you're going to Dozier Boys School. But I don't think that people really realize the severity of what took place at the Dozier Boys School. And I think that it's imperative and it's very important with the movement that y'all have going that people get involved with it, that people call their legislation, that people come to Tallahassee to make a difference. You know, we, we they just dedicated a memorial down there, which most people probably are just learning more about the Dozier School. Let's say, for instance, because you would hear it as a child but then you really didn't know the severity of what was actually going on. So I think that for this Black History Month, we should, those who lost their life, both white and black, we should stand up this month to say, hey, listen, our peaceful resistance is that we want to see it made right. We want to see history made right in this country by the Dozier boys who are victims and that still survive. And then the ones who have gone on, bless their hearts. And so that our legislators can take a look at that and say, hey, listen, this was a wrong, but we can right this wrong. And in this century that we're living in of technology and stuff, we know that it happened. You know, it's not a history that it hasn't been that long ago. So it's something that we all can stand up and do. Because like you say, if we don't stand up to it, then we'll find it back in that place. You know, and, and with the law, with politics right now, the first thing that the Attorney General of Alabama did was take, was took their state out of the Voters' Rights uh, Commission, okay? That's trying to turn back the hands of time. When we look at our great state of Florida, it seems like our governor is following those same type tracks. Shun this history. Don't let it come forth. But I hope that people will see that this is something that the pioneers before us would really be involved in. They would really be making sure that the voice of the voiceless is being heard in this time. Yeah, and, you know, it's, it's so ironic. It, it, it really is. I find it very ironic that it is a white male mm-hmm. sitting in the governor's office that is deciding what happens with black history. Right. Okay. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean that that is yeah. ridiculous. Right. I mean, you know, are we going to stop teaching kids about anybody who's different than us? Right. Okay? Mm-hmm. Think about think about that. Think about that slippery slope. Mhm. Okay? And what ends up happening? Right. Then all of a sudden, where are we? Right. And so, and so with with that being said, we also have to remember just in the late 70s, in 76 or 77, there was a riot at a Scammy High School that was totally out of control over them trying to 
be a scam your rebels or a scam your patriots or a scam your gators. And so there was a riot where people was hurt. People was actually shot. So don't think you have to look so far back, which is good to do, but we can just look right here in Pensacola and look, it was a shameful moment in Pensacola where we're on national news for having this racial riot right here at a scammy high school. Well, and, 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 and I know these are, you know, well, they're not really separate issues. They're mm-hmm. overlapping issues. Mm-hmm. But let's talk for a second about gun violence and where we are right now with mm-hmm. gun violence. Because now there's been a bill that's been filed to, or or proposed to mm-hmm. do away with any type of, you know, licensure mm-hmm. or requirements for constitu- what they call constitutional mm-hmm. carry. Right. I don't know if you've seen that or not. Right. Mm-hmm. But gun violence right now is a real problem in our country. Mm-hmm. Um, and it disproportionately falls on African Americans. Right. It really, it, it just does. Mm-hmm. And so, what what are your thoughts on on <clears throat> that that issue and the gun violence, especially in the Black community, mm-hmm. as we enter into Black History Month? Well, you know, with with Governor Bush, I knew that once he passed some legislation for concealed weapons, that we were going to become the Wild Wild West. When he said, stand your ground, or I fear for myself. And that's what we have come to. Some African Americans now think that they can defend themselves in a shootout and not knowing the law. And so gun violence has increased based on the fact that they think that they can interpret the law. And when they try that, they find themselves so easy to fire off their gun and shoot somebody. So... We, we were led down a rabbit hole with national gun lobbyists by saying that they're going to take your rights away and take your guns away. In that, they have put so many guns on the street based on people buying so many guns, homes being broken into, cars being broken into, so guns are very easily to get on the street. So oftentimes when we look at gun violence, we also need to look at the fact that we have a gun problem. Guns are so easy to get. Uh, I think that somebody just put together legislation trying to abolish the ATF. But now more than ever, we need the ATF to go after these rogues on the street that sells guns. So they put out all these background checks. That's not what an African-American kid is going to a legitimate store and buying a gun. He's able to buy a gun off the street. So nobody's asked the question, well, how did a 16-year-old get a gun? How does a 15-year-old get a gun? Uh, we see how a, does a six-year-old how does a get six-year-old a gun, get a gun? Get a gun. Okay? So you know those are the questions that's got to be asked, Troy. Where we have to apply the law to say that these rogue gun dealers, these rogue shows that people put on a gun, is putting so many guns out there on the black market that is affecting the minority community. Why? Because see, sometimes fights break out in the African American community because they don't feel safe. They don't know how to feel safe. With my volunteering at the schools and talking to kids who get into fight, why did you get a, I didn't feel safe. I felt like I had to defend myself. I felt like if I'm going to walk home in peace, I got to show that I can fight here in school. So now with the kids, they, they, it's become so easy for them to get a gun, they think that now I'm not going to fight. I'm going to defend myself with this gun. And I'm going to say I'm standing my ground. Or I'm going to say I feel scared. And they find themselves in a situation that just detrimental to get them into the penal system. And also it finds itself where there's a high rate of murders in the African-American community now. But isn't there 
there also this uh, isn't there also this dovetail from um, okay gun violence yes mm-hmm. and the politics of fear mm-hmm. so everything all uh, you know everybody you can't turn on the TV number one without seeing some mm-hmm. some I mean there was just one in Lakeland mm-hmm. recently Lakeland Florida right mm-hmm. um, and you know. <clears throat> Many people shot, many people mm-hmm. injured, many many killed, mm-hmm. and and so. But the politics of fear is, oh well, if if the governor says they're just trying to come get your guns, mm-hmm. isn't that what it is? That's the, always the rallying cry. They're coming to get your guns. Oh, it's just the, it, we we heard this even back when Obama was running, right? And that's what they kept saying. Mm-hmm. Oh, Obama's going to take your guns, right? Nobody's trying to take right. anybody's guns, right. but that doesn't mean every constitutional right that we have. Mm-hmm. There is also the right to have it regulated, right. so to speak, mm-hmm. to have there be reasonable restrictions on it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can't yell fire in a movie theater, crowded right. movie theater. Right. That's not my fr- that that. Mm-hmm. Although I have a First Amendment right to say whatever mm-hmm. I want to say, I can't do that. Right. I can't do race mm-hmm. uh, or or hate based mm-hmm. speeches. Right. I can't do those. There's reasonable restrictions. Why is it so unbelievably impossible? For a lot of these conservatives to, 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 f- why is it so unbelievable to them that there can be reasonable restrictions on how you carry a gun, or getting licensed to carry a gun, mm-hmm. or making sure you have there's no mental illness in your background, mm-hmm. or making sure that you know that you're pro- properly trained mm-hmm. and certified on the use of it, mm-hmm. um, and that it is staying out of the hands of six year olds, twelve year olds, fifteen year olds, eighteen year olds, and criminals. Right. So, well, you know, fear of politics has really taken a hold of this country, okay, where they can shoot out a line with no truth and no facts behind it. Speaking of when Sandy Hook happened, I thought that the country would really take a look at the way we regulate high powered rifles and strong ammunition of 30 and 60 rounds in a gun. <clears throat> but we did not. The lobbyists took a hold of it. So you're never going to lose your constitutional right or your Second Amendment. But in that, it should be some type of limitations that we have. Do we really need a gun that can shoot off 30 bullets in, in a rapid amount of time? No, we do not. You're still going to have your gun. And if you have your gun to protect yourself and you know how to use your gun, I don't think you need 30 rounds. I think you can have one shot. So I think that the fear politics of it all uh, on the conservative side to just pump it and push it, and then they don't look at how in that they're neglecting a whole society of people because gun violence now is in every zip code. It's not just limited to one zip code. If you look at the crime lately where there's been gun violence, it's been in every zip code. In whatever city you live in, gun violence is on the rise. And why? Because there's so many guns on the street, not by law-abiding citizens, but they're being made available through a black market to just anybody to possess a gun. If, if we look at our statistics, which I would like to look at, how many arrests was made with people that were convicted felons that had a gun? You'll see that it's on the rise. Why is it on the rise? Because it's out there. But we, we have our conservative brothers and sisters need to understand the Second Amendment right is not going away. When our forefathers wrote the Second Amendment's right, the right to bear arms, let's think about why that we might need to bear arms because we were more rural, okay? But now we're more urbanized. Do we really need all these guns on the street? And my answer to that is no. Well, and it's not just all these guns. It's a, it's about what type of guns. It's, Back yes. when, the, when the Constitution was drafted, there mm-hmm. weren't, you know, automatic assault rifles. Right. There weren't semi-automatic assault rifles. Right. There was 
you know, musket, <laughs> muskets mm. and, you know, bayonets. Right. Um, and so I think that's also an important distinction to make is society grows. Mm-hmm. We need to try and grow with it. Mm-hmm. We need to try and figure out what, you know, what the right thing to do is. Mm-hmm. And we need people in office that are going to do the right thing. Right. Regardless of, oh, well, I think this is going to get me elected. Right. Okay. Which mm-hmm. is unfortunate. But mm-hmm. it's a it's it's reality right, right now. Mm-hmm. A lot of politicians make decisions based on what's going to get them reelected, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's a problem. Well, I hope the Jones case that just took place where he got sued. I hope that it makes some conservatives look at their verbiage that they're putting out on the airwaves and how they're constantly beating a drum that really is not getting anybody marched because. Your constitution right, you're not going to lose it, but we can modify and make some things happen. But for the last few years, you've seen people buy all these guns, buy all these bullets, move towards that. And then what are you doing with all those bullets on the shelf now? Nobody's coming to take them. You're still going to have your guns. But you you played into listening to someone telling you, you need to buy bullets, you need to buy guns because they're going to take it. And it has not happened. And that's been going on since Bill Clinton was the president, and so uh, even you, before, yeah, yeah you, I mean you, that's been yeah. that's been the, the you still have your gun, thing. right? You still yeah. got your gun, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, it's been a pleasure having uh, Pastor Marcel Davis uh, with me today to talk about these important issues uh, as we springboard into uh, Black History Month, which starts tomorrow, uh, February first, mm-hmm. and uh, look forward to. We're going to try and do a few of these shows through the month. Um, to kind of keep the conversation going. Listen, you can agree with me, you can disagree with me, you can agree with Pastor Davis or disagree with him, but the reality is we have to have the conversation. And that's what our country is lacking right now, in in my humble opinion, is not having conversations. Everything's hate-filled, everything's fear politics, everything is 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 controversial. Everything, mm-hmm. Instead of being able to sit down and have conversations, mm-hmm. there's a lot of things I agree with mm-hmm. with a lot of my conservative friends. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things I agree with with my progressive friends. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, at some point, you have to be able to sit down and actually talk about issues. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're hoping to do here with The People's Voice. And I appreciate you being on the show, Pastor. Glad to be here. Glad right, to be thank here. Thank you. Mm-hmm.